When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Turn up your volume. This is Unfuck Nation. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Unfuck Nation. I am your host, Gary John Bishop. Um, I don't want to give you too much, but I am not currently sitting here in the kilt. I don't actually wear a kilt when I'm sitting around that. It's just really only a special thing for weddings and special occasions in Scotland. But uh, thank you for joining us here on this week's podcast. I think we got like a fucking brilliant content for you this week because I've I'd been thinking about this for quite a while and I wanted to really bring this to you because it's all part of my big commitment for you to get yourself not only informed, to get yourself inspired and passionate and empowered about what you're doing in your life. But before we get too deep in with it, make sure you do subscribe to the podcast, right? Because it empowers what we're up to and what we're doing and helps us grow as a podcast because you are part of the nation, right? I might not know of you. You might be driving around in your fucking car in Ohio right now, and I don't know of you. But you are part of the nation if you're listening to this. You're in on it. You're part of our deal. You're part of what we are out to do. What are we out to do? We're out to unfuck the nation. What nation? Whatever nation you are in. So the thing that I wanted to talk about this week is this notion of our stories and why we're so fucking addicted to them. Most people, if you ask them about their life, they'll tell you about it. They have no sense, though, or no real sense that they're telling you a story from their perspective, are telling you, in quotes, the truth. Now, a big part of that is that they don't even realize, and you don't even realize when you're telling somebody about yourself, the truth isn't the truth, really. It's their truth or your truth. It's not the truth. Why? Because if there are 10 people living through this time in your life at the same time as you are, they all have varying explanations of how things went down. So what you're in fact saying is your truth. And your truth is your story. And we're fucking addicted to our stories, right? I mean, it's so many times when people contact the show, they feel as if, well, let me give you 17 fucking pages of backstory because they feel as if the backstory will somehow further illuminate. But it doesn't, believe it or not. Your backstory complicates and confuses and clouds. If you actually look at your situation without the backstory, something remarkable happens. And I'll give you like just a really simple example of this because it's happened so many fucking times in my career. You know, if you're an avid listener to Unfuck Nation, you'll know I don't coach anymore, but, but I've many, many, many years of coaching with many, many, many thousands of people. And in that time, whenever I say to somebody, okay, well, just tell me about your situation. They need a lot of time to explain it. So it's always stuff like, so then I met this person and when we met, you know, it was kind of like this. 
And then they, they started to change a little bit. I mean, but I was okay with that. And then the da da da. And then, but you know, if I look really look back, you know, I think this might stem from when I was young because I've never really been great at da da da. But anyway, we kept going. And then the stress of work was really such a big thing. And I never really realized how it was kind of weighing me down and blah, 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 and on and on, fucking on and on and on and on and on. And then I had an affair. And then da 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 and I say, wait, wait, what, what, hold on. What did you say? Oh, I had an affair. Okay. Why did you tell me all the other shit though? Right. <laughs> and you might be sitting there yourself right now going, oh, fuck, that's how I talk. That's how I explain my situation, right? Like I'm having a really terrible time at work, but you have to understand my boss. I think he might be a narcissistic asshole. And I don't really want to take the job because I didn't even want the fucking job. The backstory, your backstory, by the way, Here's the bad news is your justification for either what you've done, what you're doing, or who you've become and or who you've become. And in fact, when you ask somebody just to tell you the situation with no backstory, just give me the framework. Give me, as I like to call it, what so. It sounds a lot less appealing when I say, oh, I've been married for 10 years and I recently had an affair. I, I mean, that's the cold fucking truth right there, right? There's no like, because my partner, or because I, or because I've really been, or I don't know what it was. I mean, it must have been something. I mean, I've never really been quite. That's all bullshit. And I want you to really get that it's bullshit. You see, whether you like it or not, you will have to deal with your action. One of my pet peeves, I guess, is when somebody says, I know this sounds like an excuse. And then they say, <laughs> the reason it fucking sounds like an excuse is because it is one. All right. So stop saying that shit. You should say, and here's my excuse. And my excuse, by the way, is here's the thing that I'm going to say that will excuse me from your judgment. That's what that is. And I'm making that statement. Your excuses won't protect you or keep you comfortable. Your excuses won't make you feel any better. Why? Because ultimately, you have to live with what you did and what you didn't do. And if you want clarity in your life, if you're somebody who wants to remove the cloud of confusion or what to do or what not to do, you got to really start identifying the places where you indulged your story and your backstory. And I really mean this with, like, with all the love in the world. No one gives a fuck about your backstory. So you shouldn't either. And I really mean it. Like none of that fucking matters. And I know some people say, no, that shit doesn't matter. No, it fucking doesn't. It does not change the actions at all. All it does that you're hoping it's going to do is change how people feel about your actions so that they can sit there and go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's tough. Oh, yeah. Well, that's different. Oh, that's. That's different. Rather than just, these are my actions and holding yourself to your actions. You know, I spent a lot of my life directionless, determined, but directionless because I'd, I had nothing really to hold on to. I hadn't done the work. I just kind of did what everybody else does, which is try and solve problems and fix shit. And hopefully this life of mine is going to turn out that turned out to be a crock of shit, by the way. That turned out to be a complete waste of a couple of really good decades of my existence, right? Like a waste of it. 
And, you know, I've recontextualized it since then and what it eventually brought me to, inspired me to change and all that kind of good stuff. And, I, you know, I just use that to empower myself. But the reality is I spent two decades fucking around, working hard, but fucking around, working hard, going nowhere. You might be in that kind of place. And part of my process has been this realization of how readily I would explain myself or explain my situation or explain what I did and didn't do. But like I said, in the cold reality, I had to live with the results of my actions. That's what was giving me my life, not how I fucking felt about it. My life was going in the direction of what I was acting upon or not acting upon, by the way. No action is an action. So not doing something will get you the results of your not doing it just as much as doing something will get you the results of what you're doing. So you got to ditch the need for backstory, which includes fucking gossip. I abhor gossip. It's not like I haven't done it in my life because I have done it in my life and I know I've done it in my life and it's, you know, I own it and I'm responsible for that I've done that. And that's on me. And I've no shame about it because I'm a human being and I forgive myself. I forgive myself. I've sometimes asked others for forgiveness and they've been gracious enough to grant me that forgiveness. There have been people who have said no. And I go, I get it. I understand that too. I'm not going to make you wrong for that though. That's your right. You get to do that or not do that. It's not on me. I don't get to make you do anything. However, gossip is another way that we fill our lives up with more drama, more subterfuge, it all just derails you from getting your attention on what you need to do to either resolve old situations or create new ones. And it's all in the actions. How you feel about the actions, nobody fucking cares, and you shouldn't either. Your attention has always got to be on what am I doing or not doing and give up this fucking like driving attitude to explain yourself. No one fucking cares. The next time you go to work late, walk in the door, look your boss straight in the eye and say, I'm late. I'm acknowledging I'm late. And that's it. Not like, ah, there's fucking traffic. And there was a flock of wild fucking swans. <laughs> Whatever the hell you say. Right. <laughs> or we were invaded by like a blinding light from the sky. And then what the hell was happening? And I had this memory of my old cat when I was four and I lost control of the car. And, and then I got back control. And by that time, I'd missed my exit. So I'm sorry, I'm 20 minutes late. Like, fucking be quiet. All right, my alarm didn't go off. Oh, give me a fucking break. Get two alarms then. So give up your addiction to that, your addiction to backstory and backfill and fucking explaining yourself. Deal with your action. Get off of this. Oh, Traffic. Oh, yeah, traffic. Were you on I-9,007? Yeah, I was on I-9,007. That's a fucked up road. Oh, yeah, that's right. Even the people you're saying it to, you're kind of saying to them, oh, yeah, I was on that road. And if you're ever on that road, if you're late, I'll be okay with it. Because if you're okay with it, I'm okay with it. Then we're okay, okay? Now, if you're late, only you're fucking late. And that's like a little snippet of the ways that we love to fucking backfill our lives. It's, it's just unnecessary frivolous. And I'm going to use the word inauthentic. It's not real, right? It's just more bullshit. Hold yourself to account. Raise the fucking bar and let go of your stories. All right, we're going to take a break. 
And after the break, we're going to get into some questions from our producer, Stephen Miller. And you get to hear Stephen's dulcet tones wafting through your speakers. As usual, if you want to participate on the show, if you want to submit a question or a comment or a subject that you would love me to kind of get into with you, connect at Gary John Bishop, drop me an email or call us, leave a voicemail at 646-450-3203, 646-450-3203. See you in a minute. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Okay, welcome back from that little break. You are listening to Unfuck Nation, my favorite podcast. Why? Because I'm on it. <laughs> stay humble. I know, stay humble. I think they're calling that flex now, like I just flexed there. You need to keep a humble flex. You can't just give an all-out flex. Then you're just going to break people's headphones. It's like a loud whisper. I used to do a lot of speaking engagements. And there's a difference between speaking quietly and whispering. And in whispering, you lose all the tonality of your voice. All goes, so you got to whisper. But when you speak quietly, speak quietly, you still have the kind of bass notes of your voice. But see, that's actually now your opportunity to even connect with your kids further. Ask them about ASMR and they'll tell you about a whole new world of whisper. Oh my God. See, I'm not interested in that fucking world. I don't want to get in there with them. I just don't. I'm not interested. Anyway, so we're going to crack on. Have you got some questions for me this week? What have you got? What's happening? Yeah, we've got bigger fish to fry this week. So I wanted to actually lead off this week by asking you, especially because it's more of a cultural thing today. We've kind of grown this storytelling culture and it defies what you just said. But I'm curious if you have a perspective on it about how we can be storytellers without getting so caught up into the backstory that we're addicted to and getting through a story to the point without being too caught up. Well, I mean, the idea of a story is to illuminate something for another. If I was to say to you, this thing is challenging. And if I was to say this thing is really fucking challenging. Well, both of them are, in fact, a description. Both of them, then, are really stories. But one of them is more dramatic than the other. We're constantly, like, raising the degree of emotional investment and the things that fall out of our mouths. That's not going to have a good effect on you. The more you dramatize your story, the more you're in the drama. And the more you complicate your story, the more you're lost in the complication. Keep it simple. Keep it straight to the point. Look, I'm like everybody else. I love a good fucking story, right? And I love the dramatics of a good story. I just don't want to make my life one. I'd much rather just keep that to the realms of fantasy then have to live with the impact of dramatizing my own life. It's not worth it. What else have we got for this week, Stephen? What are other question or questions? 
Yeah, Gary, our next question comes from our good friend Mark over on Facebook asking about how he can bridge the gap between setting context for himself when setting a goal without overcommitting to backstory. All right. Now, I'm going to kind of explain this in simple terms because I'm sure there are people who are listening to this right now going, I have no fucking idea what that question is about. So I'm going to give you an example, a very simple example of context, okay? So context is kind of like how you frame something. It's how you set something up for yourself. A context that I, I love to talk about is the context that my wife has with all the things that she has to do for her sons. And her context for all of that is creating a man. So that's whenever she takes my son to some appointment, soccer, fucking chiropractor, whatever she does, the whole point of that, if you like for her, is that she is creating a man. Now, the reality is she's driving him to the dentist or she's taking up his soccer practice. But she has a context. There's like a house where all of that is held. And that's what that really is about for her. So that's what you might call a context that empowers her. Like that actually has her experience. What she's doing is being just really great, really fucking powerful. She loves it. Like, for instance, I'm recording a podcast right now. The context of this podcast is to empower and make a difference for people. But there's a lot of shit that I have to do to organize my life, organize my day, a lot of equipment to set up, a lot of things I need to do. But it's all housed inside that context of empowering and making a difference for people. So everything that I do with regards to this show is inside of that context. I'm out to make a difference with people. So if I'm answering an email, it's in service of making a difference for people. If I'm plugging in a fucking plug on the mixing desk here, that's inside of this context. I'm out to make a difference for people. And this is what you do when you're out to make a difference for people. So that's a context that empowers me. But the reality is I'm just plugging something in or answering an email. So in other words, there's content in my life. And in that content, there are the things that I do. So I answer an email. I open up my laptop. I make a phone call. I set up the recording equipment for the podcast. I did all those different things. That's all content. That's all things I'm doing. Context is really what's behind it all. I'm doing all of these things in service of making a difference for people. When I'm doing these things, like I'm, I'm empowered because I know there's a bigger game at play. This isn't just about fucking firing up a microphone. It's not what this is about, but I have to fire up a microphone, but it's about empowering and making a difference for people. So Context is a brilliant thing, and you get to create the kind of context that you want that empowers you as a human being. You can get a little weighed down by it, though. Like, my life is about empowering and making a difference for people. Some people might think that's a big burden, right? Like, somehow, oh, shit, like, every day I have to, you know, go make a difference for people. Yeah. But why that never becomes a burden for me, why that never weighs me down is because I'm inspired by it. Like, I love that I get to be that guy. Like, my wife loves to be the woman who's creating men. Like, three young men. She's creating their environment. Like, she just loves it. It lights her up. So, in other words, the context has to be something that you're passionate about. The context has to be something that inspires you. And so, if you've got a goal, and you either hit that goal or you don't, it's okay. Because the bigger context is always at play. That's why, you know, when I write a book or to release a new podcast episode or do an interview or whatever the thing is that I do, I'm still living with that context. I still exist to make a difference for people. 
And I'll do that until I fucking stop breathing on this planet. So the goals, yeah, they're just part of the game, but they're not the game. The game goes on and on and on and on, and there'll be lots of goals, and the goals will keep popping up over weeks and months and years, and that's how that goes. But the context that I created for my own life, that only ends when I do. All right, I trust that that answers that question pretty succinctly, and in a way that might even appeal to a lot of different people, because context is really critical if you want to live an empowered life. Is setting context a different way, just for the listener, of looking back on intention and purpose? Is that really the better way to go about it? Is it about understanding context through the lens of that's my intention, that's my purpose, and I don't need much more than that to go out there and set my goals and be purposeful about goals? There's two things you're talking about. They're not the same. So intention is what I'm going to do, but it's more like what's the outcome of what I'm doing here. So that's the intention. So I'm setting up what I'm going to do, and this is the outcome of what I'm going to do. Purpose is a context. Purpose is like, well, what, but what's this all about for me? I talked about this in Do the Work, the workbook that's a companion to Unfuck Yourself. And then in that workbook, by the way, if you haven't done that workbook, you're a fucking asshole. You should totally do that workbook. It's a brilliant inquiry for you as a human being. Like, it's just, there's some really tough questions in it. But I very powerfully deal with this whole notion of purpose. Because people live like purpose is something that grabs you or that you find it even. Like, I find my fucking purpose, right? Well, you've got a better chance of finding a fucking purpose. The reality is purpose is created. You bring purpose to the mundane. Look, I could be opening up the doors at the fucking Hilton Garden Inn in Chicago and live a purposeful life. It's got nothing to do with what you're doing. It's what you bring to what you're doing. You're a miracle of being. You have the capacity to be endless ways of being, being joyful, being happy, being inspired, being passionate, being adventurous, being bold, being dynamic, being a leader. Like those are all ways of being that you won't bring to the surface because you're just waiting for something else to come along and lift you up rather than you being the one that actually starts the tune or orchestrates the whole fucking thing. The German philosopher Heidegger had a similar kind of view of it. He really felt as if we were just unwilling to intervene with ourselves. And uh, that's what it takes. That, if you want to live a fucking amazing life, it's creating. It's creating context. It's creating who you are. And then living to that, holding yourself to that magic, as opposed to just going along with a fucking flow or something. And I think that probably couldn't be a better segue. So let's go ahead and shift into this week's voicemail. This week's voicemail question comes from Jenna. Hey, Gary, it's Jenna here. Because of the pandemic, I was laid off from my job in performing arts management, which was a perfect balance of 2,500 people coming in and out of the theater on any given night. And then I get to come home and be in solitude and do my own thing. Go back to work, interact, have relationships, come home, do my own thing. But not having that, I realized that I still want to contribute. Yeah, of course, I love to train and I love to read and, and acquire information and knowledge. And I'm in my 40s now. And who the fuck am I giving all this shit to? You know, I just don't know how to get out of bed every day because I don't know why I'm doing any of it. Sheer will, you know, just to say, well, you're doing it for yourself. Come on, man. I do it for myself every day, but it's tough. 
it's tough and sometimes it sucks. And I don't think people know what that's like because everyone is motivated by what's coming at them. And I don't really have anything to rub up against. No mentors, nobody saying do this or don't do that so that I can say, well, fuck you, I'm going to do this anyway. Or, <laughs> you know, like there's nothing. There's just all the demons in my head and, and all they know about is the past and shit that's happened. They don't know shit about what can happen. And I'm kind of stuck battling those those demons and that's where I'm at. I'm stuck. I'm all dressed up with nowhere to go and I've got years of wisdom acquired and uh, nowhere to go with it. I'm just sitting on it. Boy, that's a fucking long question, Jenna, for the love of God. But I'm going to work my way through it. Whenever somebody talks to me, I'm always listening for a number of things. So one of the things that I'm listening for is, what's the nature of what this person's telling me? Because, Jenna, you painted a picture for me, right? And if you listen to kind of what's under everything you're saying, right? Because there's something under there. There's something you want me to get about where you're at. And I'm going to assert something. I'm going to assert that this is really what's at the heart of this for you. And I think it's been at the heart of things for you for a long time, right? What you were telling me was help me. And what you want me to get is that you're powerless, you're rudderless. But the other important thing that you want me to get is that nobody cares. Like everybody else is getting ahead, but you're not. I mean, and that's your whole communication in a nutshell. Now, if you take what I just said there, and you look back in your life, and I mean look back, look all the way back in your life, as the kind of nature of how things have gone from time to time, you'll see that there. And in fact, I'm willing to bet, if you go back, you'll see that it was kind of like an underlying situation between you and one or both of your parents. Like they don't care. My words might not be accurate. I might not be accurately describing this, but the world that you're in, I think I'm pretty much on the money. And I think it's a very familiar world for you to be in that place of helplessness. And I'm going to say something else. Whatever coaching I would give you won't work. And the reason why it won't work is because you're very committed to being helpless. You've set yourself up to be helpless. You've set your life up that you're helpless. You've associated with people that it'll be helpless. And I know that people listening to this right now going, oh my God, don't, don't, no, Gary, she's reaching out to you. She's like, she wants to coach you. Look, I've lost count the number of times I've come across situations where people subconsciously, they want it not to work because then it perpetuates whatever the fuck they're up to subconsciously. So I want you to really get this, Jen. I want you to really understand. And, and really, like, I want you to embrace everything I'm saying here. Don't resist. Don't fucking defend yourself. That's more bullshit, right? Don't defend what doesn't work. And that's the everybody listening to this right now. Do not fucking defend what doesn't work. What doesn't work is your current approach to being alive. See, you're living like there's nothing you can do. You're living like somebody tell me what to do. Tell me what to do, Gary. Tell me what to do. But believe me, that's only so that you can do it. And then say, no, that didn't work either. And again, I've lost count the number of times I've come across people like that was ultimately the intention to prove that nothing would work. And it ties in, it does tie in, Stephen, with what we were talking about earlier, like people live like they don't have the ability to create. But if you look back in your life and you see the last six months or the last year or the last two years, all the actions that you have taken are the actions that have given you the life you have. And if you want a different life, 
you got to get out there on the skinny branches of the fucking tree and dance in the wind a little bit. I think this is a good question for you, Janet, right? Because I want you to get responsible. I want you to own your life and I want you to own the direction that it's going and I want you to start forging your own fucking path. I think you got to say to yourself, all right, if I could have my life be any way, any way, what would it look like? Like when I get up in the morning, what do I do? When I go to bed at night, what's it like? Am I alone? Is there somebody else there? What part of town am I living in? What job am I doing? What do I do in my free time? What would excite me? What would inspire me? Would I be traveling? Would I be doing this thing or that thing? Like really starting it down in the dirt with it. Like if you had the life that you want, or that at least you say you want, what would that life look like? And not just like, oh, you know, I would just be more relaxed. That's all experiences. I mean, what would you be doing and not doing? And that's for everybody. I want you to like think about this for a moment as, as you're listening to the podcast. In your dream life, what are you doing? And don't go to your fantasy life, by the way. So your fantasy life is, oh, well, I'm on the 48th floor of my Manhattan apartment, 6,000 square feet overlooking fucking Central Park. And every Tuesday, I fly off to Monaco just to buy coffee. Then I fly back. No, that's like your fantasy life, right? I hang out with fucking Oprah. Cardi B and I are like great fucking friends. And uh, my walls are covered with guitars from the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Led Zeppelin. And, you know, I'm good friends with fucking Paul Rudd. I mean, the life, like if all your shit turned out, right? All the shit you're doing right now turned out, what would you be doing? So some people might be going, well, I'd be making $120,000 a year. I'd be the manager at this thing or I'd own a little blah, 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 blah. I would live in this part of the town that I'm currently living in. I'd live in another town. I would drive this kind of car. And I want you to really like get specific. I would have three friends, one of whom very close, two kind of close friends. And I want you to really start to kind of paint that picture of what your day-to-day life would look like. I would go on two vacations a year, one in Europe and one here in the United States or whatever, right? I'm giving you suggestions here, of course. And then if you look in your life right now, you'll see you're doing fucking nothing about any of that shit. All you're doing is like fucking aimlessly hoping that that turns out. So you got to get real about it again. Well, if one of the things is that I have this job or this business, well, what am I doing about that? If one of my aims is to have more friends. Well, what am I doing about that actually? How am I connecting, right? I'm not an easy person to be a friend of, right? Like if you're a friend of mine, you'll laugh at my jokes, but you're wounded too. And that's by design. Like I'm committed to having a good circle of people. I've got one person who's like a really good friend, but that's designed. You know, I want it that way. And so you have to put yourself in positions where you expose yourself to that. And you have to be someone who's willing to nurture your friendships. If friendships is a part of this, you want to increase your social circle. It sounds a lot too, like Jenna, you're waiting on life, like kind of scooping you up and taking you into the future. That shit is not going to fucking happen. You design your life, you get detailed about your life, and then you get up to it. You start taking the actions that are consistent with you having that life. And by the way, if that starts today, those actions, now you're in that life. You don't have all the pieces sorted out, but you're in it. You're making your life about that now. So it's never about, do I have it? Do I not have it? It's like, well, if I want a lot of friends, do I have a lot of friends? Well, no, but I'm in that game. I might have one or two or four and then back down to two again and then up to eight and then down to one again. But I'm in the game of friendships. So it's not about having things just suddenly magically come together. 
It's about creating the games of your life and getting involved in them. And stop waiting for fucking inspiration. It doesn't matter what the games are. Create a game. Get into it. Expand yourself. Learn something. Learn something new. And keep creating and creating and creating. Because in all of that creating and all of those new actions that you're taking, it'll all come together. You'll see. Gary, can I ask, is the one main takeaway here that the story you've already written doesn't have to determine your next chapter? Is that like the big summation here? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I could be one of them. I, I think what you hear is when people talk about their lives, you'll hear a certain commitment to something. And all of us, we're for the most part subconscious beings. You're operating on things that you don't even know you're operating on. You're acting on things that you have no real sense of that that's what you're up to. People say, well, I want love in my life. And if you look at their actions, what they're actually doing is proving that they can't have it. And so they keep getting themselves in a situation saying, I want love. But then there's this fucking sabotage to undermine it, to kill it off, to doubt it, lack of trust. And it's always like, oh, no, then they did something. You know, I had somebody very recently with something like this. They called the whole fucking relationship any question over one pissy little item. And what they were saying was, oh, no, this item means this other thing. And I'm like, no, it fucking doesn't. It's just this item. And we're doing that shit all the time. We're adding weight and significance to certain situations because it validates something that I feel in my core that I might not even have articulated for myself, but it resonates with me. I'm hooked. I'm triggered. I'm fucked up by this thing. When in the cold light of day, it's a pissy little thing. We have this kind of like weird drive, really, to have things be reconfirmed for us. Like, yeah, people don't love me. Yeah, that's right. See, that's it right there. And we ignored all the times when there was evidence and opposition to that. So we cherry pick our lives, looking for evidence for what we subconsciously believe to be true, and then call that our lives. I mean, all the shit that I write is to open your eyes to whatever you're subconsciously driving yourself towards. It's enlightening and inspiring and enlivening to discover your own darkness. You shouldn't be hiding from your darkness. You should be drawn to that to find out what's going on, to spring yourself into new and important things. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for us this week for Unfuck Nation. Gary, you want to say some last words to put a bow on this one? All right. Well, of course, as usual, you know, write the podcast, whatever you get your podcast from, write Unfuck Nation. Leave a review about Unfuck Nation because there's other people who are coming onto the page and they're like, oh, I wonder what this thing is like. And you haven't left your fucking review yet. So if you think this is fucking awesome, get in there and tell people that they should listen to it. And then, of course, subscribe. You got to subscribe to Unfuck Nation. If you want to feature it on the show, if there's a subject or a topic or a question you have for the show, please email us, connect at garyjohnbishop.com. Or you can call and leave a voicemail, 646 450 Two zero three. Remember my new book, Wise as Fuck, coming out October 13th. Grab yourself a copy and I'll see you on the flip side. Have a great one.
Hi, I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us.